Welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. My name is Nico Bakulich. And I'm Lauren O'Neill. And let's get biblical. Let's do it. But before we do that, there are a couple of pieces of information that you simply must have. Such as, I'm the ex-Christian I was raised. Presbyterian, I'm now an atheist. And I'm the non-believing sort of Jew. Also, this is not a Christian Bible study podcast. And it is not appropriate for chillums. Or youngins. Or minions. <laughs> minions aren't appropriate for anyone <laughs> and should be wiped from the face of the planet. Uh, normally, I read the New International Version and my lovely husband, yeah, that's right, we're married, <laughs> reads the New Revised Standard Version. But today we're doing an apocryphal book. And so we read some like bullshit on the internet mm-hmm. which apocryphal book are we doing my lovely wife we are doing the acts of john do you want me to give you some fast facts of john <sighs> only if they are faster than the speed of love <laughs> question mark uh so this is another apocryphal acts book um which are basically like fanfic about the lives of Jesus's <laughs> apostles there is one such book in the canonical bible Acts of the Apostles, or Acts for short, uh, but there are a bunch of apocryphal ones that didn't make it into the Bible. Um, we've done several of them, uh, Acts of Paul and Thecla, Acts of Thomas, Acts of Peter, and today we're looking at the Acts of John, which is about the Apostle John. Uh, so the three disciples that Jesus was closest to were Peter, James, and John, mm-hmm. and uh, James and John were brothers. They were uh, sons of Zebedee. They were originally fishermen, and uh, in one gospel, they're given the nickname Boanerges, or Sons of Thunder. They definitely, that's the kind of nickname you give to yourself. <laughs> Nobody has ever been like, those two are simply the Sons of Thunder. <laughs> they just show up with that written on the back of their denim jackets. We don't know who wrote this book. Uh, it was probably written in the second half of the second century, so sometime between around 150 and... 200 uh anno domini mm-hmm. eventually the church fathers decided it was heretical so they tried to destroy all the copies and so we have a lot of the text but we're missing a lot of fragments mm. uh, for example the first 17 chapters <laughs> so we're gonna start with chapter 18 you know when i go like hey wouldn't it be funny if we started chapter one and like it's supposed to be cute but this time we have to start chapter 18 Mm -hmm. and that's never cute yeah it's not funny at all and i keep saying it and i don't know why (laughs) it's hard to stop so chapter 18 john is traveling to ephesus ephesus is a city in what is now turkey the uh book of ephesians that we we did an episode on is written to the church in ephesus and in the in the one canonical Acts book, you may remember, when Paul went to Ephesus, there was a riot because the silversmiths who made uh, silver shrines oh, to Artemis right, right. got very upset about Paul uh, worshiping someone other than Artemis. So just keep that locked away in your little brain locker. Thank you. So John's on his way there. Uh, he's got a whole crew. Of folks that don't do anything. Including Demonicus, Mm -hmm. Aristodemus. Mm -hmm. A rich man named Cleobius. Very rich man. And uh, the wife of Marcellus, but apparently not Marcellus himself. Also, there's a bunch of servants, which are like briefly mentioned later. It's like, oh, yeah. And then Cleobius told his like multiple servants to go do this. (laughs) So it makes when you just read it, it's oh, yeah, that's it's a traveling party of like five people. But no, it's actually a bunch of servants. John rolls. I would say quite deep. Yeah, quite deep. Um, as they're traveling, God just yells down from heaven real quick. Uh, hey, John, you're doing great. And you're going to crush it in Ephesus. And John's like, thanks, big guy. This is a constant of these apocryphal acts. God is very is pretty vocal. Yes. And the apostles are in constant conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Two, two-sided conversation mm-hmm. as opposed to the one-sided conversation that. Of the prophets in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So um, they're getting close to Ephesus. They, they're, they're more or less there. And they're met by the uh, commander-in-chief of Ephesus, whose name He's is... He's a praetor. Lycomedes. 
like Amides says that God spoke to him and said, hey, uh, stop sinning. I'm going to send this guy, John, to cure your wife who's been paralyzed for seven days. Now, that's a that's a classic biblical ailment right yes. there. Yes, um, just a mysterious week-long paralysis. Mm-hmm. Um, and the wife is named Cleopatra. It's it, a good name. It actually means glory of the father. So, like, it's actually very Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, okay, cool. So then they go to like Medes's house. He's like, here's my wife, Cleopatra. As you can see, she's a total babe, but a she's stunner. As they <laughs> <might> say. <laughs> she's a dime piece, but she's paralyzed and it sucks. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I've been doing everything that I'm supposed to. I'm giving all my sacrifices to Artemis, blah, blah, blah. Um, and now I'm angry. And John's like, let me stop you right there. <laughs> Um, good news is, I think I found your problem. Problem is you're worshiping an idol. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you worship the real God, he'll heal your wife. And uh, I don't think that'll be a big you know, barrier for you because you just told me that God spoke to you mm-hmm. and predicted my arrival. So that's a great start. So, yeah, like just believe that. Uh, just, you know, hop on the train, but go on and ride it. <laughs> But like Amides does not respond well. In fact, he throws himself to the ground weeping and dies. <laughs> so. Before he, before he dies, <laughs> he is talking about how great his wife is. And I read this line and I need you help understand. Okay. I try. Okay. Uh, see, Lord, the withering of the beauty. See the youth. This is um, like Amides talking. See the renowned flower of my poor wife. Whereat all Ephesus was wont to marvel. Wretched me, I have suffered envy. I have been humbled. The eye of mine enemies hath smitten me. I have never wronged any, though I might have injured many. Yeah. <laughs> what what part don't you get? Well, just mainly that last part. Well, he's just saying, like, I'm a powerful guy. Uh. I could I could be out here, like, oppressing people, uh, but stealing he says people's he's, money. He, he's, but I didn't. Oh, he says he's he might have injured many. I see. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like he, he had the opportunity to do so, oh, but he I understand. didn't take it. I understand. I, th- I thought he was saying. I I've may never, have. I don't know. I, I was saying, I've never, you know, I've never done any wrong to anybody. Sure, I've heard a lot of people. <laughs> no, he's saying he has the opportunity and he didn't take it. See, you did, you did know, you did understand, and you helped me understand. Great. That's um, how we move forward on this journey. Yes. Called marriage. Mm-hmm. Called wedding podcast. Called Bible question mark wedding podcast what's that uh i don't know it's what we're doing now uh like me just throws himself on the ground and dies john flips out because he's like oh great like this guy's dead everyone's gonna think i killed him i wouldn't say he flips out he's it, it seems he seems more exasperated well no he does flip out because first of all he says like oh that vision that i got from god must have actually been from the devil mm who sent me here to to get killed for because people will think that I murdered this powerful guy. Um and it he starts weeping so loud that the whole city comes to investigate. Mm-hmm. So I would describe that as flipping out. If you are crying so loud that the whole city comes to see what's up, I think that's flipping out. That's fair. Um and I retract my previous statement. <laughs> John is like, "Okay. Uh God, I know I just immediately gave up on you and called you the devil five seconds ago but please help me convert all these heathens that have now gathered around me because i'm crying so loud clever gambit by john here agreed he's in a rough spot everybody's coming to see what's going on but he knows god's weakness a whole pile of converts of potential converts he's like god we gotta turn this crisis into an opportunity into a christus (laughs) so with the whole city watching he Goes over to Cleopatra, bam, cures her paralysis, brings her out of the coma or whatever. Everyone is amazed. Um, and she's like, hey, uh, where's my husband? And John's like, okay, so some bad news. <laughs> um, I'll bring you to him, but you have to promise to keep believing in my God who mm-hmm. just cured your paralysis. And she's like, okay. So he, he takes her to the bedroom. Let's move this to the bedroom mm-hmm. where your husband is lying dead. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. We've all heard those words. And uh, <laughs> she sees her husband lying there dead. 
and she starts crying, but just but just silently mm-hmm. um, instead of like weeping and wailing like John was doing five minutes ago. And for some reason, this counts as like proof that she believes in God. I mean, I, I don't think I don't know how much proof you'd need if you had just been resurrected. Well, well, like he sets John sets this condition. Right. Like, I understand that. And and then when she doesn't when she just like cries silently instead of like um, freaking out, he's like, OK, you pass the test, you know, um, go over and tell your husband to arise in the name of God. And she does. And bam, he comes back to life. So now Cleopatra and Lycomedes are are both healthy again. The I'm sure there's so many converts from the crowd mm-hmm. seeing these two miracles back to back. Although the Lycomedes one seems a little weak, in my opinion, just because like John was concerned that it would look like he killed the guy. Uh-huh. So the fact that he's resurrected to the crowd seems to me like... An admission that he killed the guy. <laughs> if if I, I were in the crowd, I would probably think. I would pr- I would think there was something weird going on. There. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, John and this guy went into the house the night before, and everybody knew that Lycomedes' wife was paralyzed. Uh-huh. But nobody knew that Lycomedes was dead uh-huh. <laughs> until they heard John crying and then came running. I mean, fair. But it actually doesn't does it even talk about the crowd reaction. I don't think it does. No, it doesn't. Okay, so. <laughs> Except that there are many converts on the day. So. Then Cleopatra and Lycomedes are basically like, okay, um, we're converted. You know, thank you so much uh, for doing these miracles. Please stay with us in our home. And John's like, you know, uh, yeah, I can I can stay for a day or two. But like, I kind of already have, you know, reservations at the hotel <laughs> or whatever. He's like, I had like a plan, you know. He's I staying with a local ch- church or something. Yeah. Something. Um, and they're like, no, you have to stay with us for longer because otherwise – we'll stop believing in God because we're dumb. And he's like, okay, I'll, I'll stay here. <laughs> so then during John's uh, tenure at the household of Lycomedes, mm-hmm. uh, Lycomedes brings in this portrait painter and he's like, okay, see that guy over there? Secretly paint his portrait. Yeah. Don't tell him. Hide all your paint shit. Yeah. Go memorize this guy's face. Well, in fact, even more than that, he asks him to memorize his face, but then he also installs him in a room where he can watch John. Mm-hmm. So I can only assume this is a Scooby-Doo style portrait with the eyes cut out uh-huh. that he watches through. Did he paint the, the very portrait? Of course. Okay. Great. Of course. Perfect. He, he painted the peeping portrait. The peeping. He painted the peeping portrait. The mystery of the peeping portrait. <laughs> so this painter does it. He secretly paints a portrait. Of John and Lycomedes hangs it up in his bedroom mm-hmm. with garlands. Um, like a little altar almost. Yeah, because yeah. this guy brought it back from the dead. And so he's like worshiping this guy. And then Lycomedes is spending so much time in there admiring this beautiful <laughs> painting that well, he okay. secretly had commissioned. I also like, yeah, so John like confronts him about it. Well, John, John asks him, like, hey, you spent a lot of time hanging out alone in your bedroom. But I also like, he's like, every time you get out of the bath, you always like go to your bedroom alone. <laughs> And he's like, are you hiding something from us? And it says like, it says like, oh, he means it says he uses a, a jesting tone or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like literally he's like, oh, you hiding something from us? You know, like he's just joking. But he doesn't realize that like Amides is hiding something. What a weird life is going on here. So yes. like the Praetor, one of the top top citizens in I think this it's town. pronounced Praetor. Really? In American. Praetor. Praetor? Praetor, yeah. Oh, it looks like Praetor to me. Yeah. We could say Praetor. Thank you. Thank, see, compromise. Compromise. I like Praetor better, even though it's wrong. Well, it's probably, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Let's move on. We don't need to get mired in the, the point pronunciation is, corner. This guy is a boss, like uh, DJ Khaled or something like uh-huh. that. And never took an L in his life. From my understanding, still true to this day. <laughs> um. But he's living this weird, like, communal Christian lifestyle with with John. Uh-huh. Like, they hang out all day. Yeah. And John, like, knows what he's doing after he gets out of the bath. Yeah. What's but... that scenario like? <laughs> well, he's I mean, staying I in t- his house. He's staying in his house. but I could, And I can understand him taking a little time off because he just got resurrected from the dead. But it's still weird. I'm trying to imagine what the vibe is like in that house where John is, like, keeping track of what he does when well, he gets out of the bath. John does say, like... I mean, I'm I'm leading y'all in prayer. Why do you got to go in your bedroom? You know, we're all praying out here. So I think the vibe is like pretty 
pretty <laughs> pretty religious you'd prayer. say yeah pretty mm-hmm. religious um it's not a party vibe then it's more of a more of a religious vibe yeah definitely <laughs> and so then like like is just kind of like uh nothing and but then john goes like just walks into his bedroom and he sees this painting and he doesn't realize it's him because he's never seen a mirror see that's an amazing old time history detail yes. that i think is actually really cool yes and so he like looks at the painting and he's like who's this old dude in the painting is this like one of your roman gods or whatever yeah, it's like i thought you gave those guys up and like he's like no that's you <laughs> like you raised me from the dead clearly you're uh worthy of worship and i worship you um first of all cleopatra is the one who raised him from the dead that's a good point but well i mean god is the one that raised him from the dead i mean yeah um, and then like, so like Amidis shows him a mirror for the first time in his life. Mm-hmm. That's so crazy to think about. Like, cause he's an old man. Apparently mm-hmm. he describes the man depicted in the painting as old. So interesting to think that like people used to go through life, not knowing what they looked like. Yeah. That was like a common thing. Yeah. I, yeah. That's sometimes in among these old religious documents you'll find something that actually yeah connects you to a to a different historical time and place and that when, that really like, does i think about like i know exactly how my face looks from every single angle mm-hmm. you know and i like can take pictures of it at the exact right angles that i want it's so crazy to me to think of just you go through life and you just don't know how you look mm-hmm. and it's not a big deal uh anyway John looks at the mirror and he's like, okay, yeah, like that. I see the painting does look like me, but it's just a painting. And like you're worshiping an inanimate object. And like. I'm going to turn this into a metaphor about Christianity. Yeah. Because you are worshiping like a dead version of me. Yeah. He says you have drawn a dead likeness of the dead. Mm -hmm. So he's like. First of all, don't worship me. Right. You know. Obviously. But then like. So you worshiping like a painting is is like the same as you worshiping me instead of God. Because compared to God, I'm just like some paint on a canvas. I'm not whatever. I'm I'm dead. He goes on an extended metaphor. He's like, tell you what, like uh, why don't you become a painter? Except instead of painting with colors, why don't you try painting with uh, faith in the one true God? And uh, like all these other virtues, mm-hmm. like honesty and uh fairness or whatever fun lovingness yeah fun lovingness jesus couldn't get enough of that uh chillness uh vibe factor (laughs) uh and stick to itiveness so how does that resolve actually i think they just toss the painting they just like don't even it's he's just like hey so anyway quit it okay next chapter yeah um john has this guy round up all the old women well somebody tells this this part is amazing okay <laughs> and i have to find i have to find the quote exactly because okay. it's really bizarre somebody comes and tells him they have gone out and found all of the old women yeah in the town so this is like over 60 years old yeah over 60 this is something we've seen in other apocryphal acts is books a, this is classic what you do when you come to town create a new church yeah and you like you know, make sure the widows and orphans get financial help, mm-hmm. you know, heal the the old widows, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, somebody comes to John and says, I've surveyed all these old widows over 60 years old. Most of them are badly infirm. Yes, only four were healthy, physically speaking. And here's the quote from the text, which is <laughs> the strangest reaction you would ever think. When he heard that, John kept silence for a long time and rubbed his face and said... <laughs> Oh, the weakness of them that dwell in Ephesus. Oh, the state of dissolution and the weakness towards God. Oh, devil, that hast so long mocked the faithful in Ephesus, etc., etc. Send after the old women that are sick and come be with them into the theater and through me heal them. Yeah. He's just like rubbing his face being like, oh, I mean, way to blame the victim. That, <laughs> that all these people pathetic. are sick. All of these I... old Ugh, this is just pathetic. It's also weird because it just came on the heels of him being like, don't worship a human, like, 
don't worship dead things that that's not important. Like what's important is heavenly stuff. And then immediately he's like, oh, well, these people are are physically sick. That must mean they're like, see, this is the this is the weird crossover between what would become like sort of an orthodox Christianity Uh and the like miracle literature stuff. Yeah, because in the miracle literature version of Christianity. Everybody that follows Christianity would be miraculously healed. Exactly. They'd be just like a little bit stronger and better than anyone who doesn't because like that's how folktales work. Obviously. But in the, you know, canonical doctrine based way, you can't actually promise that because it's that's not how life works. Right. So (laughs) unless your religion is good hygiene, in which case, yes, generally speaking. Which is not endorsed in the New Testament. mm -hmm. Jesus explicitly says, don't wash your hands before you eat. Um, the bad boy. <laughs> so they gather up all these old women in the theater. Uh, again, this well, this is something we saw in like the Acts of Peter when Peter had to have like a magic off with a wizard. Mm-hmm. It's like get gather everyone in a theater. And, <laughs> in that time, and his biggest his biggest boosters and cheerleaders were all of the widows and orphans. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and there's there's another uh, praetor, uh, which is you know. I don't know, a high-ranking official type of guy. Uh, this one's named either Andromius or Andronicus. It changes. So I'm just going to call him Andy. Andy is like, <laughs> if this guy is going to heal the sick, he has to do it naked with nothing in his hands and he can't use any magic words. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way I'm going to believe that this is like sent from God and not just like a magic trick. Right. Although... If you were sent from God and you healed people with magic words, uh-huh. that's fine, right? Wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, like, just let them use magic the, words. Doesn't yeah. that meet the requirements? So then everyone's gathered around. John steps into the ring or the stage or whatever is in a theater in Ephesus at this time, mm-hmm. whatever that means. Uh, he does not. It doesn't say that he uh, gets naked or anything. So he doesn't seem to be following Andy's. Maybe he's always naked. Andy's conditions. I think I think he keeps his clothes on. I think he's given him a show, but not that type of show. He, but he doesn't even know how he looks, so he's supremely confident. <laughs> he's supremely confident. Well, he can see down, <laughs> <laughs> and he likes what he sees. Whatever say. <laughs> so he's like, okay, I'm gonna heal all these bitches by the power of Jesus Christ, our Savior. I don't like gendered insults first, on my show. I gotta lay some preaching on you. And then he just like goes through a bunch of Christian principles, like just gives a sermon. You know, he's like, don't value earthly things, only godly things. Uh, you know, fucking. It's horrible. Lay not it's, up your treasures. It's like five paragraphs of really bad sermon. Give money to the poor. Uh, like, blessed are the meek and the poor and the rich and powerful are going to go to hell. Uh, don't drink. Uh, don't be a murderer or. Don't a, be a murderer. Yeah. Don't be a murderer. Or a poisoner, sorcerer, robber, defrauder, sodomite, or thief. Like that poisoning was apparently a big enough thing at the time. Don't be a killer or a poisoner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a robber or a thief. Um, And then it says, and having thus said, John, by the power of God, healed all the diseases. Uh, and then after that, there's apparently some sentences missing because we don't get the crowd's reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and what's the end goal here? Are we trying to send these widows back to work? Is like is that the disappointing thing? <laughs> like well, of all of the, the widows in town, the widow test in the Timothys. <laughs> of all the widows in town, only four of them were showing up to work regularly. The rest of them, you know, are so infirm that they can't even work a full time job. <laughs> they need to be contributing to this economy. They need to be like making fucking altars to Artemis or whatever. Um, for export only, because this is then, a Christian town now. Not yet. Hmm. The 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 praetor Andy converts apparently, because then in the next sentence he's like already converted and he's following John. So mm-hmm. so there must be some sentences missing, but uh, whatever. In that next line, uh, basically John's traveling companions are like, okay, we've been in Ephesus a while. Uh, let's move on to Smyrna. And John's like, uh, I have a better idea. Why don't we move on to the Temple of Artemis right here in Ephesus? Mm-hmm. But before he gets there, we take 
uh, brief break. You listen to some music and we'll be right back with more Sunday yeah, School Dropouts. We're going to be like poisoning and robbing and defrauding if you want to uh, get into that while we're gone. And then we'll see you in a bit. Okay. See you in a minute. Bye. Welcome back to Sunday School Dropouts. I'm Lauren. And I'm Nico. And we are talking about the apocryphal acts of John. When we left off, John had uh, performed a couple miracles in Ephesus. uh, No big. Converted a few heathens. Yeah, who cares? And now he's headed for the Temple of Artemis. And we know how Ephesians feel about Artemis because in the one canonical uh, Acts of the Apostles that's in the real Bible, Paul tried to switch them over to the Jesus plan mm-hmm. and they rioted. <clears throat> Specifically, the silversmiths whose livelihood he was endangering True. with his, frankly, heathenist content. Because they made silver altars to Artemis. So, uh, by the way, I had a hamster when I was young named Artemis. Just thought I would let you know. That's good. I appreciate your full disclosure. We had three hamsters. Full Mine. disclosure, your hamster Artemis is a sponsor for the show. My <laughs> hamster was named Artemis. My sister's was named Peaches and Cream. Mm-hmm. And then also we had another hamster the named One Thor. hamster was named Peaches and Cream? Yeah. Okay. And my, my peaches, sister was peaches like... Peaches and Cream. <laughs> my sister was like seven mm-hmm. <laughs> when she named it. And then we also had another hamster named Thor. And Thor had giant testicles. Makes sense. Anyway. Two days after this, uh, this Great healing story, miracle, by the way. when John uh, <laughs> cured Cleopatra's coma and uh, raised like a medias from the dead. Two days afterward. Cleopatra in a coma sounds like a, a 90s pop song. It actually sounds like a Smith song. <laughs> mm, you're right. It does sound. But that's just because if it's Cleopatra a boy in a coma. Cleopatra in a coma. I know. I know. It's serious. <laughs> uh, they're having a festival. I'm unclear about whether it's for Artemis's birthday or the temple's. It's uh, for the temple. The temple's anniversary. Mm-hmm, which is called the temple's birthday, which I think is kind of cute. <laughs> it's cute. Uh, I guess you're supposed to wear white. Everybody to, knows when you go to a temple, a temple birthday, you wear you gotta white. You got to wear white. But John wears black mm-hmm. because he's like, I'm. An edgelord. He's like, I'm goth mom. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. He storms into the temple and he's all like. Listen up, fuckos. You guys keep worshiping Artemis. And Try I that again. I, I, don't, I don't like fuckos. Try it again. Uh, listen up, dum-dums. All right, one more time. Try another one. Listen up, stupid folks. Listen up, platter heads. I like that. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Try another one. Try another one. I want more alts. Listen up, choking dogs. Nice. <laughs> keep going. Two more. Two more. I can't. Two more, two more. Listen up, glass brains. Nice. One more. <laughs> last one, last one. Listen up, slappos. <laughs> there we go. We'll use that one. I hate Artemis. <laughs> How about we have a little contest? If Artemis is so powerful, why don't you pray to her to kill me? And then if she can't, I'll pray to my God to kill all of y'all, and we'll see 
which God really has power. John completely abandoning the ideas of Christianity. I know. Here. And also, I like that their reaction is like, no, we know that you can work miracles. Like, we know that you can kill us all. We we saw you, like, kill people. Just please don't do this. Like, we just we don't want to be involved in this. And he's like, no, either you convert or I'm this. fucking killing you. <laughs> um, And so <laughs> and he's like. I'm like, that is that wasn't even you just said we were gonna have a contest and now it's either convert or die. Like that wasn't even you keep changing your plan. He's like, Shut up. <laughs> Dear Jesus, please destroy all idols and show these what did I call them? Choking dogs. <laughs> uh how wrong they are. Slapos. <laughs> Bam, the altar breaks apart into a million pieces, the statues all crumble. Um Half the temple falls down. The collapse kills the priest. And everyone's like, okay, fine. We believe in your God. Just like, don't kill us. We didn't want this to happen. And he's like, how do you like that, huh? Like, why didn't Artemis save you if she's so powerful? The quote is, where is the power of the deity? Where are the sacrifices? Where the birthday? Where the festivals? Where the garlands? Where the great enchantment and the poison allied to it. John's a bully, if you don't mind my saying. Yeah, and then they're like, okay, we've seen the error of our ways. We believe in God. Sorry about the idol worship or whatever. Just like, please stop killing us. Great way to get converts. Uh, <laughs> they definitely won't revert back to that as soon as John isn't there to threaten them with death. Mm -hmm. um, so then basically, John is like, okay, I would love to move on to Smyrna. However, I need to stay here and babysit you dum-dums because I know you're going to start worshiping idols the second that I turn my back. So they all go over to and Andromeus slash Andronicus's house, Andy's house. This is the, uh, the praetor who said John had to do his magic in the nude and mm -hmm. who is now converted to Christianity. Mm -hmm. uh, and like... There's one person in the crowd who comes over who is a relative to the priest who was killed when the temple collapsed. Mm -hmm. And it says that this guy just like leaves the body at the front door and doesn't say anything about it and just comes in with everyone else and just like leaves the dead body there like, all right, I'm just, just going to come back for this later. <laughs> just going to leave it here. So, so you think... He was just going to go to this meetup while he was on the way home, taking the body of his. It wasn't a pointed thing to bring to bring the body there. Well, he doesn't. It specifically says he doesn't tell anyone. I understand that. But like, do you think it was pointed? I mean, like, or do you think it was just it, was it an ultimate act of passive aggression leaving the. No, I think he was just like, uh, I'm just going to leave this here. I'll be right back. <laughs> Interesting. I think it's like. When people don't have like when people don't allow shoes in their house mm -hmm. and then there's, you know, there's like a pile of shoes at the door. Right. And you weren't yeah. expecting that. So you wore like mismatched crappy socks or whatever. Yeah. In this case, it was like in this case, the rule is like no dead bodies, mm -hmm. you know, and he was like, oh, shit, yeah. I guess I just leave it here. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Ooh. I know it's kind of silly. Like, we're so uptight about this. But like, you know, we just don't like dead bodies in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so just leave it in the pile. <laughs> And his is the only one, so everybody knows whose it is. Yeah. Well, and John either psychically knows this or just sees the fucking dead body lying at the front door. And he's like, hell yeah, bruh. Like, you know what's up. You got your priorities straight. You come in here, get saved. Who cares about this fucking dead body? You can worry about that later. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus did say, let the dead bury the dead. Mm -hmm. uh, and so as a reward for this this priest relative's faith john decides he's gonna raise the priest from the dead so he tells the the relative guy you know go out there say john the servant of god saith to thee arise the guy goes out and does it bam comes back in with the priest walking talking scratching his ass mm -hmm. and john's like okay now Everyone in here, we all believe in Jesus, right? Not Artemis, Jesus. We got it? Okay, good. Next day, John gets a vision. Tells him to go 
three miles outside the city gate. So he does, this whole crew. But they're not going to Smyrna. They're just going three miles outside the city gate. And then I'm not sure if they witness this or if someone just tells them about it or what. But basically, there's this young like farm worker out here in the countryside mm-hmm. who uh, I think they just witness it. I think they just wander by at the right time. Yeah, I think so, too. Because of God, you know, giving him that vision. Yeah. So there's this guy, this farm worker. He is like sleeping with another guy's wife yeah. or at least trying to. No, he is. And his dad tells him to stop, so he kills his dad mm. by kicking him. He kicks him to death. Then he takes out his scythe. He says, I kicked him and slew him. It's a little ambiguous. I kicked him and slew him. Yeah, he kicked him to death. Well, that's, that's gross. Yeah. I, I can't approve of that. It's like in Drive, Ryan yeah. Gosling. Yeah. In the elevator. Yeah, or that's irre- this guy. Irreversible or something. Yeah. yeah. And, but then he gets out his, his scythe mm-hmm. from his girdle. And he starts running. I like the way you say that. Well, I, that's what it says. It says he gets his scythe out from his girdle. What do you want me to say? I just, I, it's not what you say. It's how you say it. <laughs> anyway, John intercepts him. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where are you going with this, uh, this scythe? It doesn't look good. <laughs> that looks like a murder scythe to me, my dear and, boy. And uh, the guy's like, so just did something real bad. And uh, I did kill my father because he told me not to do adultery. So now I'm just going to go real quick. I'm going to kill the woman. I'm going to kill her husband and myself. And just going to get that done. Bye. And then John's like, okay, that's that's one way to approach this problem. Uh, Another way might be uh, I raise your dad back up from the dead and you stop doing adulteries. Convert to Christianity, follow me forever. It'd be good. Yeah. So they they go to the dad's dead body. I think it'd be a good change for you. (laughs) Yeah, this is a new path for you. Uh, There's a crowd gathered and uh, the murder son is like, you know, weeping and tearing his hair out on account of having murdered his own father. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I really like John's prayer here because it's like, dear God, in your infinite wisdom, you knew some fucked up shit was about to go down and you knew that you would need like some heavy duty cleanup, mm-hmm. you know, from someone who you've given miracle privileges to. Who is, we can all admit, a seven star God man. Yeah. So thank you for sending me here to fix this. Boom, bam, boom. Raises the dad from the dead. Dad is like, why did you raise me from the dead? I have no reason to live because my son sucks so bad. <laughs> I mean, it's like you have the memory of your son kicking you to death <laughs> be rough you know you got serious work to do like just in terms of coming to terms yeah with your own life yeah yeah um and john is like well my friend have you heard the good news about our lord and savior jesus christ and he walks the the raised up dad back to the the city gates mm-hmm. and so it's three miles and he he explains god to him the whole way and by the time they reach the gates the dad is converted unfortunately the murder son is still a little freaked out the young man when he beheld the unlooked for raising of his father and the saving of himself took a sickle and mutilated himself does that mean he cut off his dick i think so i I think so i i does it just says he mutilates himself but i got the idea (sighs) considering the first thing that he does after he mutilates himself is run to the house wherein he had his adulteress Mm -hmm. and reproaches her. Yeah, he yells at her for, like, tempting him. Yeah, so I assume he mashed up his dick or whatever. Yeah, for, like, leading him astray. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus did say, like, if your right hand offends you, like, cut your right hand off and cast Mm -hmm. it away. So if if your dick does it, then just just cut your dick off and cast it away. Gruesome Uh, stuff, my dear. uh, And, yeah, so he yells at her for tempting him Mm -hmm. into sin. But he doesn't. Murder suicide, everybody. No. So this is a step forward. Mm-hmm. Um, then this is really interesting. He goes and finds John. He goes into Ephesus, finds John, tells him what he did, and John's like, "Actually, the problem isn't your unruly members, which I assume means dick." Mm-hmm. You know, so he's like, "Yeah, your the dick isn't isn't the problem. The problem is your heart." The, the dick of the mind. <laughs> the, uh, the heart. The dick of the mind. You have these sinful 
uh, thoughts and feelings and that's what you need to get rid of not your dick mm -hmm. um he doesn't seem to have an opinion on whether it was okay to yell at the married woman uh but you know at least she didn't get scythed to death so no one needs to get scythed today. yeah uh so now the murder son also converts and follows john um, then there's this brief interlude, which I guess some manuscripts don't have and other manuscripts have different versions of it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, John, so, we both read the one from gnosis.org, right? Um, yeah, well, so I read some in Bart Ehrman's book, um, but he doesn't have the whole thing in there. So the other ones I did read on gnosis.org. So there are two versions of this story. Yeah. So you read two versions. Yes. I just want to make sure we lay out some terms up front. Yeah. Cause a, a notable other apocryphum in the past you know we read some different no stuff. there was nothing that, nothing happened that was bad and i was um totally prepared so anyway here um john is just chilling and uh either watching or petting a partridge and um you know just like a random it's like basically just like a random pigeon he's like just like chilling with this this wild bird um and someone comes along and says, like, oh, I thought you're supposed to be this great, like, teacher, like, holy man. In the first version, it's it's a preacher, one of his one of his students. Yeah. He's like, why are you playing with this dumb bird? And so, yeah. So in the first version, John's like, well, maybe you should spend more time playing with birds and less time sinning. And the guy's like, oh, my God, how did he know I was sinning? And he, like, falls to the ground and, like, weeps. Um, And then in another version, in the other version, John's like, Oh, I'm just like taking a break. You know, I'm like taking my Sabbath and chilling with a bird. And well, then so in the when second, I get back to work, I'll be like ready to work. The first one doesn't make a lot of sense. But the <laughs> second one. Well, the, second one, the first one makes perfect sense. The guy was sinning. He should just be playing with birds instead of sinning. <laughs> That's true. It does make sense. In the second one, I feel like you, you didn't quite explain what was happening. Oh, okay. Because in the second one, it's not a... A preacher or one of yeah. his flock that comes up to him. It's, yeah, yeah. An, it's a hunter from the woods. Yes. Who comes up to this famous holy man and yeah, And he's like, well, do you, like, do you walk around with you? your bow always drawn? And yes. he's like, no, I, you know, I only would draw my bow when he'd shoot something because otherwise I would just be wasting all my energy. Right. And he's like, yeah, well, that's what I'm doing now. I'm just like chilling. But then I'll draw my bow of of Jesus words later let not this little and brief relaxation of my mind offend thee, young man for unless it doth sometimes ease and relax by some remission the force of its tension it will grow slack through unbroken rigor and will not be able to obey the power of the spirit wow he really made that uh interesting metaphor sound boring as shit no i mean i i like it because he's, <laughs> he's doing the same thing that you said you specifically yeah no liked, i do which is like you got to take a break. You got to take a break. Even God takes a break. Mm -hmm. It's just part of the process. You yeah. can't work well if you don't take a break sometimes. It's not. It's got to be part of the And like process. pet a partridge. Just pet a partridge. Why don't you? <laughs> uh, and then he like he gets a letter from the church in Smyrna that's like, hey, we're uh, we're still waiting on you over here. And so it's like going to it's like implied that he's about to go to Smyrna. Um, but then there's a big gap in the text that that is lost to history. And we don't really know what happens. And that's where we're going to stop for today, the first half of the Acts of John. And uh, we'll cover the second half next week. Next week on Sunday School Dropouts. Acts of John Part, part two. 2. The Injonine. <laughs> Before we do that, should we rate this book? I think we got to rate this book. How would you rate this book? I think I'm going to give this one like five out of eight renowned flowers. How come? So, I mean, it's it's a tough rating, tough rating this mm -hmm. time because it's full of some winning apocryphal absurdity, mm -hmm. I'd say. But it's not as, frankly, not as wild as some of the stuff we've yeah. seen before. Yeah, there's no like seal tanks or uh, upside down crucifixions yet or anything like that. There were a couple of nice moments in it, I suppose, like that historical moment or the, the historical connection I felt when reading a, a story about someone who had never seen themselves in the mirror. Yeah. Which is like, you know, I suppose a thing of privilege because I bet there are people. Well, yeah, you know, like Amides has a mirror. Yeah. Because he's rich. Yeah. John's a fucking fisherman from Jerusalem. He doesn't. I just mean or like. He's from Galilee. I was thinking that there are probably people less historically disconnected from me that have like never. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Seen themselves in the mirror. Anyway, that's like an isolated moment of sort of, of, of interest, I'd say. 
Otherwise, the stories are, uh, you know, raising people from the dead, weird stuff happening. Um, there's some Christianity sort of awkwardly <laughs> shoehorned in. Yeah. Which really diminishes, I'd say, the impact of both the Christianity and the miracle yeah. stuff. Um, I had heard that this was derided as a Gnostic text, but it's like not crazy and spacey. We yeah, we haven't seen anything super Gnostic yet. The only thing I can think of that's like sort of semi-Gnostic is the idea of uh, the portrait of John yes. being like an emanation of God. Yeah. Or like trying to get somebody familiar with that. The idea of there being another layer. Yeah. Of reality beyond what you see. Yeah. Or something along those lines. Um, besides that, not super inspiring, goofy, pleasant. Uh-huh. Yeah. But not like a not like a home run apocryphum. I what agree. do you think? Um, I was gonna give it five out of nine uh Sons of Thunder mm-hmm. for for much the same reasons. But we do have a second half. Um so it could turn it around. Yeah. It could we'll turn see. it all around. <laughs> It could it could turn it all around. What? It could it could turn it all around. Is that your Jimmy Stewart? Yeah. <laughs> I guessed right. Even though it's not very good. <laughs> it was good enough for you to guess it. I spent a lot of time with you, my dear. <laughs> all right. Let's get into listener mail. That sounds great. Um our listener Peter wrote in. He was uh he said he was quote directed to your podcast via Grant, though I don't think he'd appreciate you not liking Riverdale. So Grant A.K.A. Ironicus was the guest on our Ezekiel episode. He co-hosts two podcasts. Well, he co-hosts a lot of things, including the podcasts History Honeys and a Riverdale recap podcast called Sex Archie. I just want to clear up this slander because we love Riverdale. It's the worst show on TV and we watch it every week. And I actually wrote a whole essay about Riverdale that ran on Racked and uh, Grant linked to it in his podcast. So... Please do not slander me. I love the terrible teen drama Riverdale that's awful, and I love it. I feel like we have different ideas about what love is. <laughs> well, we're married, so. In some sense. I mean, if you love me and you also love Riverdale. <laughs> you have a problem. <laughs> I, we, the, the term might be too broad to apply uh, in this particular case. Peter also sent us a great uh, Billy Connolly bit about the crucifixion, which... I recommend to anyone if you can uh, understand a very thick Scottish accent. Moving on. Mm-hmm. Our listener Becky wrote in with a comment about an ancient Greek play, Thias, uh, that the skateboard scorpion boys Bible said was a good, clean comedy. If you remember that, um, it was in a little call out that said Paul quoted from the play. From like Menander. From something. Menander, yeah. But there was also evidence that he had seen other plays of the same time. He had seen plays? That's right. So that was, and then it specifically said, well, anything that Paul watched was probably good, clean fun. Yeah. And like clean comedy that respected everyone and was good for boys. And skateboards. But Becky says, this play Thias is actually about a courtesan who convinced Alexander the Great to burn down Persepolis because she had a grudge against King Xerxes. She says, I knew Paul wasn't seeing the family-friendly comedy that the boys' Bible suggested. Of course he wasn't. Of course not. At least even in his life as Saul, he would have seen whatever. Yeah. Because <laughs> who cares? Yeah. You know? Um, our listener Jeffrey wrote in with another long, beautiful email. He's He sent us one before that we sadly don't have time to read on air, but it was very kind and thoughtful. We appreciated it very much. Um, and he also owns a pet care service, so he sent us... A picture of like 20 dogs and he was like you know you like you don't have to bless them you know it's kind of cheating but we're fucking blessing them so dogs to bless here are keely marco tazzy poppy luna tilly, tilly zara, zara rosie marley ginger buck finn giada and penny and my blessing is rise up therefore and give glory to god for the work that has come to pass at this moment the work that is come to pass is a photo of a bunch of dogs at the same time. The greatest moment in history. Dogs. What are all those dogs doing? A there? photo of a bunch of dogs. <laughs> How did they all get in that same place? They're cute. I love them. That will do it for Sunday School Dropouts tonight. Woohoo! You can follow us on Twitter at Sunschool Drop. And find us on Facebook at the same URL or just search for Sunday School Dropouts. Look for that dang old logo of a piece of smoking a cigarette. Created by Elise Carlton. Thank you very much. And thank you to Nico for your sound engineering 
editing and music contributions to our podcast. You're welcome. If you want to send mail to the show, uh, you have some pets to bless or whatever, you can do so by emailing us at contact at sundayschooldropouts.lol. That's contact at sundayschooldropouts.lol. Do not type sundayschooldropouts.com. It will go into a terrible place. It's a bad place for, frankly, losers. <laughs> if you want to follow Lauren on Twitter, you can do so at Lauren E. O'Neill. O'Neill like Shaquille spells it. The E stands for Egbert. Oh, it doesn't. You can follow Nico on Twitter at N-I-K-O-B-A-K-U-L-I-C-H. That's his name. It's Nico Bakulich. You can also go to NicoBakulich.com. There's music there. There's all kinds of things there. It's awesome. If you want to be a real nice person and a great fellow or lady, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, it helps other people find the show, oddly enough, and frankly, immortalizes your love for this strange thing that True. we do. True. We'll be back next week with more Sandy School Dropouts. You can't possibly... Sandy School Dropouts. Mm -hmm. You can't possibly guess what our episode next week is going to be about. But if you do, you win a prize. <laughs> the prize is smugness. Mm -hmm. I'm Lauren. I'm Nico. And we'll see you on Sunday. Bye. Bye.